Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we uh, we go over DFS strategy, right? Talk maybe about yesterday's slate, today's slate. Answer questions from the YouTube chat, which I don't see anyone in there. I don't know. Typically, more, more people welcome me good morning in the YouTube chat before the show. I don't know. Do I got the do I got the right chat up? I have no idea. Maybe maybe I don't. So feel free to type "good morning" in to let me know that uh, that I, I got the right one in there. But uh, but hello, good morning. Uh, yeah, here, right there, you go. Monster all one is where is everyone exactly? Where is everyone? Typically, typically there's a bunch of people uh, uh, mentioning you know GM. Of course, you could do the GM with the coffee cup if you're. If you're if into that type of thing, see, okay, okay, we're, I'm, I'm in the right place. I'm not, I'm not talking to no one. Okay, just I'm, I'm so used to it. I, I had to bring it up before. It's like, do I have the right, right uh, YouTube chat window up? And then apparently I do. So good morning, kickstart. Kickstart your day. Maybe people are, I don't know, they, last night's slate is 11-game slate. People are just like, I don't know, hungover from yesterday. So uh, so we, we could talk a little bit about it. I did not play yesterday. So. Uh, Although I would have played a lot of Patrick Beverly. Had I had I played, I would have played a bunch of him. And it looked like I, I could have, I possibly could have built that I could have built the best lineup. I could have, maybe, right? From what I was talking about in the early yesterday. I mean, some of the pricing on DraftKings is just like, come on, can we can we start ra- raising THT's price? Right? Can we start, you know, Luca was out and l- look at the ownership of all these guys. Right? Be- Beverly, like even Caruso, like Caruso, I mean, 4,300, let's raise his price a little bit. So, yeah. So, I mean, it was a fa- fairly chalky, fairly chalky uh, build yesterday. I mean, some of the, some of the, some of the chalk failed, obviously, Deadman. Deadman failed yesterday. We look at, look at our point per dollar. I went into our historic mode for lineup HQ, which you could do. Okay. You could load up any slate from the past. So, I, you could go to this date tab here. And you go to yesterday's date. I could go to, you know, last Friday, two Fridays ago. And we'll show you the actual fantasy points in here. And you could you could build by it if you want. So you guys sort by point per dollar and actual point per dollar and see, you know, okay. We, what we projected versus the actual. You can see here, like, okay, Tony Bradley, like these cheap, the cheap centers didn't do anything. So basically Bradley, Deadman, how, how long was Deadman yesterday? Let's take a look at the ownership in the fadeaway. Deadman was 33%. Oh, okay, so it's still, still pretty owned. I mean, it was a big slate. So, yeah, Brunson, Porzingis, THT, Hero, who didn't really get there, but, I mean, I, I guess he did enough. Me too. I mean, he, he got, didn't he get benched or something yesterday? Well, Butler got there because Lowry was out, right? Adebayo was out. Ricky Rubio, Patty Mills, Tim Hardaway. I mean, it's a fairly, fairly chalky day. As long as you avoided like maybe one or two landmines, I mean, you should have been able to do well. We could tell from a lot of, you know, the 150 maxer types towards the top of the leaderboard. And right even here, like Deadman didn't get there, but Wade did. So you would have played Mills, Wade, THT. Bradley didn't get there. Brunson got there. Okoro, I mean, made value, I guess. Me too, no. 
McDaniels, no, I mean, but you're probably not playing these guys. Beverly got there. Caruso got there. Yeah, I mean, we had Caruso projected at 6X. I mean, our, our optimal, like if we just go by this, by our point per dollar optimal, I mean, if I just sort by this, it would have been Rubio, Hero, THT, Wendell Carter, Deadman, Hardaway, Butler, Brunson. I'm assuming that got there in cash games, right? I'm assuming you, you, got, you still got there doing it that way. Taking a look at, I don't know, should I take a look at cash games? Let's see, do we have a, do we have a $100 double up? That's on a single entry $5 double up. Right, we should, we should have very similar scores. Go to ownership here. Brunson, Porzingis, THT, Hero, Deadman, Butler, Rubio. Yeah, I think you should have gotten there. You were playing, playing cash games yesterday. You probably still got there with this lineup. But if we, if we uh, build from, uh, you know, actual fantasy points, well, what was the best possible lineup that you can make? Yeah, you're probably not getting to this, All right? Larry Nance, you need Larry Nance. Did anyone play Larry Nance? <laughs> right, you got Garland, Dort, THT, Giannis, Nance, Beverly, Butler, Caruso. So probably Dort, I mean, what, Dort had 50 points? Who the hell played Dort? Larry Nance, I mean, what were these, what were these guys owned? Let's take a look. Let's take a look in the, in the fadeaway. I mean, Dort had to get some ownership, 6%. Okay, he was 6% though. Nance had to be like nothing owned. So Nance was 0.76. I mean, he wasn't even in the winning lineup, right? Like we take a look at this winning lineup, like 365.25. Best possible lineup, uh, 403.75. So it's like, you don't, you don't even need that. People care too much about, oh, I, how do I get the best possible lineup? Like, do you need the best possible lineup? No. So let's X out Larry Nance. So let's let's try to make the lineup that could have beaten that lineup with some, you know, without taking, you know, bench players that go off at like no ownership. Probably, you probably need, you needed THT. You needed Caruso. You didn't need Brunson, I guess. I guess maybe, maybe you needed Beverly. Okay, so let's, let's X out Nance. Let's see. Let's see what we get without Nance. Beverly, Dort, THT, Giannis, Gafford, Caruso, Butler, Aldridge. How, how long were Gafford and Aldridge? Let's see. Let's take a look. Gafford, bear under 1%. Aldridge, under 1%. So get rid of those. Anyone that's under 1%, it's like, it's like oh, who, who's going to roster them? How do we get to those guys? Let's get rid of him. Let's get rid of Aldridge and let's keep on going. Let's see. Best possible. Okay, we have 391 lineup. This has Mitchell Robinson in it. Did anyone play Mitchell Robinson yesterday? Let's see, Robinson. 2% owned. Okay, I guess two. Could you have gotten to this lineup, right? 391. You didn't, I mean, you didn't, you still, I mean, you still would have won by 25 points. Door, I mean, door was six percent owned, so I mean, okay, so that's that's a reasonable amount. Mitchell, maybe get rid of Mitchell Robinson right underneath here. We got Tatum, 
Aiton. So it'd be this lineup. That's still 391. So you know how many lineups you could have built with reasonably owned players that could have beaten uh, 365? Probably, probably a ton. It was possible. But Giannis was low owned, right? Like Giannis was, was, wasn't that high owned as a 5%, right? So it's 66 points. I can't sort by fantasy points here, but I'm assuming is the top scorer on the slate. 66 for Giannis. Tatum at 55. Shy at 46. Anyone over 50? Now we're getting down to the really low owned. Like John Collins. Like who's playing John Collins? 42 points. Larry Nance, Terry Rozier. Mm, let's see. Yeah, no one's playing guys down here. Kent Bazemore. No, probably not. But I just like looking. I mean, it's a good tool to use the historic projections. So you get to see. You get to see, you know, what the actual fantasy points are projection. Median projection, obviously. And if you wanted to fool around with the know, yesterday's slate and say, well, I played 100 lineups and I played a bit of this and a bit of that. Maybe there was a combination you could have made that based on what you were doing that uh, could have gotten you there. Unless, unless you were specifically fading a whole bunch of players. Even looking at this, like, like for, from a cash perspective, and even if you weren't going to play Wendell Carter Jr., maybe, Maybe you X out Wendell Carter Jr. I mean, was he popular in cash? I don't know. You X him out, and let's see, let's see what you run. Rubio, THT, Butler, Porzingis, Deadman, Ball, Hardaway, Brunson. Yeah, you would have gotten there with that, definitely. Right, and tried to play all the play three Dallas guys. You play Butler, you play Deadman. You play THT, you play Rubio. Okay, yeah, this 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 probably would have gotten there. Right, if I go by actual, like go by fantasy point, fantasy points. Right, we get here. Rubio, Hardaway, Horton, Tucker. Like if we played this lineup. Well, let's go back to the Carter lineup. Uh, let's go to Carter. So we're going to lock those guys in and then run it so we can get the actual numbers here. So I'm going to optimize the Wendell Carter in there, and then I'm just going to click the lock button on everything, right? Obviously, we can only make one lineup with this and then use the actual. So what did this lineup score? This lineup scored 304. Oh, yeah, you probably, let's see, what, what was cash games? Cash games. Let's go to let's go to double ups, double ups, double ups, double ups. Let's go to the five dollar double up. Oh yeah, you would have crushed. Yeah, you played that lineup, right? Are we at three hundred four point five in a single entry double up? You're, I mean, you're way, you're way up there. You're good. I mean, you're way, you're way, way good with that lineup. So I'm assuming if you played our optimal, you probably did well. Well, yesterday. Now that let's say we take out Wendell Carter, right? We X him out. Optimize. Okay. Well, I have no. I have to. I have to unlock everyone because we're going to get Porzingis in there now. 
Okay, so here, now, now we get to lock all of these. So essentially you're not playing hero in this lineup. I'm gonna build that lineup. And that lineup would have scored 331.75. You would have just, you would have, I mean, you would have probably won some, some <laughs> probably won some single entry. Let's take a look at that. We would have played that lineup, the non-Wendell Carter lineup. This would have scored 331.75. What was in the mega eights? No, you wouldn't. Okay, you would have gotten in tenth place, maybe in the mega eights. Out of single entry, where's the single entry? The putback dunk, four entry max. So what was the score? Three thirty-one point seven five. Oh, you would have came in fourth, third, a uh, fifth, fifth in the putback dunk. And uh, let's see, is uh, where was a single, single, single entry? Well, this alley-oop. Uh, is there a hundred? Uh, where's the mid-range jumper? Okay, showtime. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you would have won. You would have won. Right? <laughs> oh, there's PMR left here. Okay. Okay. This, 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 uh, this, own, this isn't live. This is that they haven't updated this. So I don't know. I don't know what it would have been. But probably good. Probably pretty good. Even And that's even with Deadman in your line. Right? Even with Deadman's, you know, I mean, it's he scored 16 points, but I mean, you're not the end of the world at 4,000. And being like 50% owned. No, you would have gotten there. Maybe I should have played yesterday. I should have played. Should have played. Going through the YouTube chat. Tanner Reese, good morning, Blender. Let's go Louisville City this weekend. That's right. Let's go Louisville City. Eastern Conference Finals in the USL. Seven years in a row, seven consecutive years. Death taxes and Louisville City in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals of the United Soccer League, playing Tampa down in Tampa on on, on Saturday. So yes, go to and go to another final. Get let's get another star, right? I got, I got the hat. Got the hat with the two stars, right? The two two league titles. We, we, we're going to add a third one. Let's go. Uh, fighting moose Jordan. Hey, wanted to say thanks for the lessons you've been driving home the past few weeks. Came in second in the five dollar single entry last night and immediately withdrew enough to finally purchase your masterclass. So now that you're doing well, now oh, so you buy you, you buy the masterclass once you're doing well. Do you, do you think you need it anymore? Well, thank you anyway. I appreciate it. So fighting, you came in five in the five dollar single. Are we talking about DraftKings? Maybe I could find that. Where, where we could find it? Can we find that? $5 single entry? What's the $5 single entry called? Single entry double up. Are we talking about FanDuel then? It's this is not this is not fully updated. So we don't have all the contests here. So I don't see a $5 single entry. I don't. And we don't get that. Obviously, the FanDuel doesn't have dead CSVs. But congrats anyway. Congrats anyway. Kickstart says was looking like he needed Dort until Caruso decided to drop almost 50 points. He didn't necessarily need Dort. I mean, were there there, there were lineups? What's non-Dort lineups? I mean, like the, the winning lineup didn't have Dort. I mean, obviously until Caruso. So what were there any lineups up here that didn't have Dort or Caruso? Well, here's a Dort lineup. There's a Dort lineup. There's a Dort. There's a Caruso. Here's one with no Dort and Caruso. Chedabisk came in sixth. 
Jay Sean Tate had Mason Plumley, so they they that made up for it, I guess. Especially with the with send with the cheap centers kind of failing, the cheap shock centers at least. So yeah, here you could have gotten a three fifty seven point five. No door, no Caruso. Uh, they, were they necessary? Maybe not. Uh, Fighting Moose says, thanks, I went the low on Giannis Root, the Dallas Shock, and Cade instead of Brunson. Okay. There's multiple paths, especially on a large slate, there's multiple paths to get good scores. Uh, let's see. Well, he says the 25K high five, $5 single entry. Yeah, it's just, it's not on results DB yet. It'll probably be up by the end of the day or something. But I can tell whenever there's PMR, whenever I see like the live, the live button here or whatever, like I know that it has not been updated because they do with updates in the morning. A lot of times, the main ones, like these bigger GPPs, whatever, they always have updated for me for this show. So I know those are always in. But sometimes the, the lower the lower stakes and some of the smaller contests are not in results DB until you know a couple hours later. Eric Robertson said played in a 588 person GPP and there was a 28 lineup train that included plenty of players considered to be very good. I don't understand why these people would be playing such duplicated lineups. They're typically playing their cash lines. That, that, that's the reason. They're playing at such high volume that they just play one lineup into everything. That's the reason. When you're playing, when you're playing $100,000 worth of volume, having a duplicated lineup in a $12 GPP, they don't, they don't, it's not worth it enough for them to switch things up. That, that's the reason. It's not because they're bad. It's just that they, it's, they don't care. The time isn't worth the expected value. I mean, I could say the same thing when I do head-to-heads in, you know, in any sport. If I play NFL, when I play NFL, I'm probably pl- I'm playing 300 head-to-heads on FanDuel or DraftKings. And like late, oh, the afternoon games are coming up. Do I swap, right? If, someone, if I'm blocked, if I'm behind to someone specifically? I'll check my 109s or 215s or whatever, right? My higher $50 and up. I'll go through each and because I don't have as many of them. And they're higher stakes. So, you know, you play me in a 215 head-to-head on DraftKings. And it's like, oh, we both have the same guy left. And it's like Devontae Adams is left and you're up by three. Like, I'm switching. You'll, you'll see that I switch. $5 head-to-heads, I, I'm playing 50 of them. I don't have time to get all the way to the bottom. And you, you get me in a $5 head to head and you look and it's like, oh, why didn't you swap? I, I, you automatically lost. I mean, right. I was down by three. We both had Devontae Adams left and I didn't switch to DK Metcalf or whoever, Tyreek Hill or whatever the hell it would be. Yeah, because I spent all the time on the higher stake stuff. So it's, it's very similar, very similar type of thing. You see good players that do, it's not, they're not doing it because, they're building a lineup for like everything. They had they have the hundred thousand dollars worth of volume, twelve dollars single entry content. They're just pressing the button and entering it. They're literally going to the site and saying, "Put this lineup into literally everything in the lobby," and that's it. Uh, Eric Robertson says, "Do you think those style events are good to target, knowing people are playing cash lines?" Yes, I've said that. I've said this numerous times before. The, st- the smaller field, higher stakes, 
higher, it doesn't have to be, you know, the highest stakes, are exploitable due to that. Knowing that people are, a lot of people are, a lot, a, there's a, enough of enough of amount of people that are just playing their cash lines in there. Does that mean, but does that mean you could just like, oh, I'm just going to play the wildly contrarian lineups? No, you shouldn't. They're small field contests and cash lineups are still good. They retain a lot of equity. So you still want to play a lineup with a high enough projection. You don't want to give up 10 points in projections for the sake of being different. Just understand that the ownership of the, of the chalkier players are going to be chalkier. So it's easier to find leverage. It's easier last night to say, I'm just not going to play. I'm going to X out Jalen Brunson and then just literally play the best line. Let just run. I mean, literally. Like last night, if we did that, so let's go, let's go. This is historic, right? We're on historic. Let's get everyone. Let's, let's bulk actions and make sure everyone's in the player pool. Right. So like, we're going to go, we're going to go with the fan, the fan actual, you know, the, the, what the projections, right. It's like we have here. It's like, okay. If you, if you just ran the optimal based on projections, like the quote cash lineup, You'd have two two ninety eight. Let's let's just let's let's run it, just to show the difference. So it's not just in the sidebar, right? So here we go. Delete other builds. So you got this, right? Butler, we have all this projected ownership. Then you're like, well, what if I just don't play play Brunson? Hold on, my dog's barking outside. Sorry. Uh, okay, so like we have two two ninety eight point eight nine with you know just with all the chalky players and everything like that. So let's say we xed out. Uh, let's say we xed out deadly. Okay, what would we, what would we get? Okay, we get two ninety three point eight three. Right. So we're sacrificing like five points in projection. We're getting 40 points in ownership. So if you wanted to do that, that would be fine. You'd end up with me too, would you'd end up with this type of lineup. But maybe you don't even want to sacrifice that many points in projection. Let's say we let's say instead of getting rid of Deadman, we get rid of Brunson, like we said before. To get rid of Brunson, what does that look like? We go from 298.89. Okay, what did I do here? Down to 294.37. So we're giving up what? About five, we're giving up another, about five points. We're dropping about 35 points in ownership. I mean, that, you could do that. Now you have Cade Cunningham in here, right? So you play this lineup instead. Let's go back. Add Jalen Brunson back. What happens if we don't play Jimmy Butler? X out Jimmy Butler. Run it. We go down from 298.89 to 291.62. We have a lot more projection by getting rid of Butler. We'd be playing Hero and Shy, SGA. Okay, so let's go back. Let's go back here. Put 
Butler back in, and let's say we don't play Ricky Rubio. X out Ricky Rubio and see what the projection is. 297. Okay, so that isn't that bad. To not play, instead of, we don't play Rubio in that lineup. Okay. We're not giving up that many, I mean, we're not getting that much ownership also. Probably if we, if we get rid of THT, we're going to be giving up too much, too much projection. But we don't have to play Carter. I mean, Carter's already kind of lower, lower owned. How about Hardaway? So let's get rid of Hardaway also. Get rid of Hardaway. So the lineup that we, you know, we have with Hardaway, this lineup technically doesn't even have Hardaway. So we're going to get the same lineup again. So we don't even have to play Hardaway. We can play this lineup. Hero, Mills, THT, Porzingis, Deadman, Brunson, Butler, Wood. We could do this. And there you go. So play this in that type of con in a smaller field. You're not giving up that much projection. You're you're eliminating a chalkier player or two. How old was Christian? How old was was some of these guys? Wood Butler. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at the at the showtime, right? It's a contest like that, right? The hundred dollars single entry, five hundred and fifty six player contest. Okay, we don't care about the scores because it's not in yet. So Brunson seventy four, Porzingis fifty eight, Hero fifty five. Me too. Look, I mean, these lineups didn't even have me too in to begin with. So maybe like maybe Porzingis, like, do we have to play Porzingis? Do we have to play Hero? Right. So let's say we take out Porzingis. We already got rid of Rubio. We don't need him because the projection doesn't go down that much. Let's say we get rid of Porzingis also. Go down from 297 to 296. Okay. Not that drastic of a jump. I mean, then we get this line. Beverly, Hero, Horton Tucker, Carter, Deadman, Brunson, Butler, Wood. You could play this in the showtime, right? You sacrificed a little bit of projection. You got off some of the chalkier players, but not ones where you're sacrificing seven points from doing so. So you take a look at this. Do, do we even need to play Hero? Let's see. We go down from 296. Down to 294.6. I mean, it's doable. Then you're ending up playing me too. So you have to choose. So maybe you do play hero. Right, so you play this lineup. This lineup would have scored 302 points. Take a look at, I mean, we don't know, right? It would have gotten close in the showtime. Let's take a look at... uh, Similar size contest. The buzzer beater. Are all these scores in? All these scores are in. So what would you have scored with this? 302? I mean, you would have cashed, right? You would have came somewhere up here. We're in decent enough. But for those smaller fields, smaller, you know, under 1,000 entries, under 500 entries, like that's it. I mean, how do you exploit when some of the some a lot of the people are putting in cash lines, or people are, are or a lot of other people are putting in safer lineups? You can still put in a safer lineup. Just run the lineups. Like do what I just did. You're not going to know until you do it. Of like, how many points am I sacrificing by not having this player in? We saw that if we got rid of Butler. 
Like that dropped their projection way, way a lot. That I mean, that you could not play Butler, but then now you're done. Like now, now you're at the level of like you say you're you sacrifice like eight points by not playing Butler with that ownership. Is it that is it worth it? But we saw that we were actually better off getting rid of Rubio, getting rid of Hardaway, getting rid of Porzingis even. And that was that was better. We had lower ownership and a higher projection. So since the chalk is going to be chalkier, you could just go and do that. So what combinations of players that I could play that you're still playing? Like most of your lineup is a cash lineup, but then you have, you know, then you look at the lineup and it's like, well, you have Anthony Edwards in there or you have Lonzo ball in there. That's or Patrick Beverly or Wendell Carter jr. And those are your, then those are the, the differentials in a, in a smaller field, single entry contest. So it shouldn't take you that long. That's why I said, like, why, why should it take you that long to build lineups? You could, you, could, you could do literally what I just did, like five minutes before the slate. And typically, that's what I do. When I play, like, uh, sometimes I play, like, 10 small field type of lineups, right? I'm playing, like, four entries, like, an entry into the putback, you know, 250, one into the showtime, one into the $40 mid-range jumper. You know, I'm playing a bunch of them, right? So it's six to 10, something like that. And this is what I do. I just go to our projections here at Roto-Grinders. They're great. They're one of the best projections in the industry. And I see, it's like, how can I get high points, high fantasy points, median fantasy points, and lower ownership? I don't need that much lower ownership. It's, these are smaller contests. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play a double-up lineup, but it's going to be close to it. And I see how many points am I sacrificing, and is it worth it? Butler may not have been worth it, but there were tons of other ways to not play some other guys. Let's say we didn't play Deadman either, right? We go down from 296 to 293, but this one has Hardaway and Me Too in it and Rubio. We keep on getting rid. We get rid of Me Too. We get rid of Rubio. We get rid of Hardaway. Now what do we get without Deadman? 290. See, now, now we're going down the top. Now you're playing Patty Mills, Alex Caruso. I mean, you're almost getting up 324. This lineup would have scored 324. Yeah, but I mean, you're getting you're getting enough ownership, I guess. Sacrificing about eight points, and then you're done. But I mean, if once you project, you shouldn't be playing lineups that project for like 18 points lower. And you just figure it out. You just figure it out, and you have all these options. There's no right answer. The thing is, there's no right answer. Should I not play this guy or should I not play that guy? There's no right, there's no right answer. As long as as you sacrifice rejection, you're gaining a discount in ownership. That's that's the key concept. That's like once you stick to that key concept of what, what is the purpose of sacrificing projection? You're doing it for a reason. In double ups or head to heads, there's no there's no reason to. Everyone gets paid X the same amount. So as long as you get up to the 55th percentile, you're good. You don't get any extra reward. There's no progressive payout that gets you more rewards. So I'll just play the best median lineup you can. Then GPPs, you get paid more the higher you go up. So even though the median may be lower, the range of outcomes is wider. The ownership goes down, which makes it easier for you to get the first place, get higher up that payout structure. You're going to play the highest to own lineup. You're not going to get. 
You're going to get points that other, other your opponents don't get. That's the key to DFS. Not to score the most points. It's to score more points than your opponents. How do you score more points than your opponents? By getting more points that they're not getting. So when a 62% owned player scores a basket, it's helping you beat, beat the other 38% of the players in the field, but it doesn't do anything against the other 61% that you're playing against. So it's not, it's not as valuable to you. When you're playing a 4% owned guy and he goes off, 96% of the field is, does not get those points. They're more valuable to you. So you're trying to build lineups for the contest size that you're in. Where you could get points that your opponents can't, that aren't going to get. But the field is, is, not, is not stupid. They have projections. They know what's going on. The good plays are not going to be low-owned. But the difference between the good plays and the okay plays or, you know, close to good plays, that gap in ownership is sometimes wider than it should be. So, and that's how you exploit. That's how you exploit people. So you could build a lineup that only projects for a couple of points lower, but it gets you enough of an ownership drop that it's like, okay, I'm now, now I'm able to get, when they score, I get more points than the field should be getting. And then there you go. You move up the payout. And obviously the larger the contest, the steeper the payout curve the more you should be prioritizing trying to get points that your opponents aren't, which means in order to do that, you're going to have to sacrifice more median projection to do so. That's a, this is essentially what DFS is. This is it. That's why once you have, once you have a good projection model, like all it is, all this is, is a math game. You're making judgment calls on how do I build a roster with a certain amount of projection and ownership that's going to give me a higher expected value lineup than my opponents or than more than more of my opponents? You build those lineups. Oh, uh, let's see. Jacob Calloway. So your pod with Josh seems like a more, lot more nuanced understanding of soccer is needed to compete at high levels. Is going to build something out, but now considering staying away. I mean, I you could try. The bag testing would be a pain in the ass. There's so there's, there's so many different variables in a soccer game. Like you, you go back to oh this oh this game uh, team had uh, 18 crosses, then the next game it's like they only crossed the ball four times. It's like well, it depends who they're playing. It depends on the formation. Right. You, you, I mean, if it's two mid table teams, they play much differently than playing against Liverpool. So to count those t- those games as similar situations is. It doesn't happen in other sports that way. Basketball, like the best team versus the worst team, they're still playing basketball. Right. Hockey, baseball that, yeah, against good. Yeah. The, the, oh, this team struck out 15 times. Yeah, because they were facing a good pitch. We also have a larger sample size. You have 162 games. If you go and you're going on a 38 game Premier League season, I mean, yes, you'll get some macro, like this, how how teams tend to play, but on a micro basis, on a week to week week to week level, 
I mean, I could look at I could look at formations in the Premier League and know exactly know not exactly how they're going to play. Just go oh, if they're if this guy's positioned there, that means they're going to be they're going to be playing more wide or they're going to be playing down the middle, right? They're going to be playing more defensive. All they all you have to do is stick another defensive midfielder into a spot that normally an attacking midfielder is, and the whole the whole system of how they play changes. So I guess I, you you can I mean you can model soccer, but the but an hour but once the starting lineups come out an hour before lock, like you could throw out some of the stuff and just go okay they're playing with a false nine. So they're not going to be crossing the ball that much, right? One key player is out of their lineup and it destroys everything else that they do. And we've seen with Crystal Palace in the past that if Zaha's not in the lineup, they just play like crap. So it doesn't matter. You look and everyone looks, oh, I've been done. So what, what, what can you do? Now you have to look at all the lineups that where he didn't play. It's like he's only not played like four games in like five years. So that's a very small sample size to begin with. Uh, let's see. A kickstart said I played Keelan Martin and Ed Davis when they got ruled starters. Are the projections you're using account for that? Or could it boost it up and see if they're even around the high projected lines? Yeah. The, the, the projections account for, for everything. I don't know why you played Keelan Martin and Ed Davis. I mean, what, what, what were they projected at? Let's, let's go to the historic. Probably not high. I don't see why they would be high. Right, so let's go to our projected point per dollar. I mean, Keelan Martin. Keelan Martin, we had it 5.72 point per dollar. So not bad. It wasn't bad. Like not to not not to, oh my God, you gotta jam him in. No, not, not I mean he was he was there. Ed Davis. I couldn't even imagine Ed Davis. Two point barely anything. We had we barely had him projected for anything. Remember, NBA is not about who's starting. It's how many minutes are they going to play? And who the, who's on the court when they play those minutes? So don't allow Keelan Martin starting. You got to play. Well, if Keelan Martin's playing, and he's playing with all the starters on Indiana, well, he has to compete with usage with Brogdon and Sabonis and Turner, all those guys. So you can't just say, oh, he's going to walk into 36 minutes. No, that's not going to happen. But yes, that our projections take that into account. Takes all of that into account. Like that's the whole that's the whole point of projections. That's the whole point of having a model. It already does. I just re, just refresh it. Like oh, something's happened. New news. You wait a couple of minutes, you'll see the timestamp change. Our projections team has adjusted stuff, and there you go. We even have a new uh, new starting the starting lineup indicator in lineup if you've seen. Right, you see on the screen here, we have a new column. So it'll be yellow, green, or nothing. So this this indicates you could see, but from the little tooltip, or maybe I think maybe should it show up? I don't know. Right. Right. The tooltip. This player is projected to start today, but the lineup is not yet confirmed. So it'll show like who's in the starting lineup. It, it, does it matter on their projection? No. But once we have confirmed starting lineups, this will turn green, 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 you know, like whoever's in the starting line. So you know, so you know that in lineup HQ, that has been reflected. 
gives a little bit more of an indicator. So you don't have to go to our starting lineups page because if you go to our starting lineup, I mean, you could just, let's see, results DB. No, you got to go at this. Because we have a starting lineups page. So, I mean, like, let's see. You could do the same thing there, but instead of having to go here, right, I'll show you the projected lineup, projected lineup, projected lineup, but it'll say not, not released. And when it's released, this will change color. And if it's changed here, that means it's changed in our projections. So now instead of having to go here and go, well, does this reflect if so-and-so is whatever, you know, in the starting lineup or not? Like now you could look, you don't have to stay there. You could just look in lineup HQ. You'll see these indicators right here. Whether he's projected, confirmed, or not. Just like we have the, the injury indicators here, the Q, Q. It'll turn to P, it'll turn to nothing. If it's nothing, they're not on the injury report. Select, did Daniel Gafford project high yesterday? I don't, I don't think so. What did Gafford project for? 40 for nothing. The 21? That's why he was, well, that's why he was under 1% up. What happened in the game that he got a lot of points? Was it Harold get into foul trouble? Did he just go nuts? Or I mean, who knows? That situation there in, in, in Washington, then the minutes could be allocated differently. Justin Kelly says Martin was a fine play, played almost 28 minutes, but just shot one for a seven. Yeah, okay. But like I said, like Martin, like he showed up, he was fine. But not a jam him in type of play. Right, not. I mean, no one was a jamming in type of play. I mean, you had good plays. You had THT. You had Brunson. You had, you know, you had you had people with six six point per dollar. You know, up here. So, like, if you played Martin, okay, fine. I see Martin's down over here. So it's not like not bad. Let's see. Anything else? Before we get out of here, it's a short show. Who cares? Oh, uh, let's see. Michael Dompia says last night before 10 p.m. I was looking for updates for late swap and noticed that there were no updates since 7:30, and Portland lineup wasn't confirmed as of 9:55. Is that an NBA communication? I don't an NBA communication with NBA themselves. The NBA doesn't talk to us. Our projections will only update if anything happens that is not already projected and expected. So like for Portland, like if we have if we have Lillard in our projections and we have the projected starting lineup and the Trailblazers lineup comes out at 955 or whenever and it's Lillard and the expected line, like in, there's nothing to update with our projections. The projections, what, what are they going to update? We have it in as expected. So you won't see up the, you won't see projection updates if that happens. It's you're only going to see projection update if, there's an adjustment that needs to be made based on news or starting lineups that were not as expected. There's no, there's no reason to have them. Eric Robinson said, the, oh, the, oh, the lineup that, uh, that I determined through removing Rubio and Hardaway is the exact same lineup that was duped 28 times. Was it? 
late here, but so it's the lineup without Rubio, without Rubio and Hardaway. Do I have everyone in the player pool? Make sure excluded five. So without Rubio and Hardaway. So essentially this lineup. Mills, Hero, THT, Porzingis, Deadman, Brunson, Butler, Wood. Right? That was the lineup that was duplicated, what, 28 times? Okay. Probably an ag- probably an aggregate projection. Right? If you go around the industry, probably, probably we probably another site had Rubio down a little bit further than we did. Hardaway a little bit further down than we did. And maybe Mills, maybe slightly higher or something. And I mean, the projection difference is not that dramatic, right? 297, right? It's not that dramatic. So this, this was the lineup that was duped. You could find that out. I mean, if, if, if you get projections from around the industry and figure out, you know, what people are playing. Projection difference, one point here and one point there could make a difference like this. Justin Kelly, what do you think of the new reward system on DK? Which we had a little bit more time to boost here. I only play NFL and NBA and will not get out of gold. Well, the thing is, is that you keep your tier for the entire year, though. So, like, if, if you're, if you're whatever tier you're at, that you get to, once you get to it, you get to retain that for the entire year. So you don't, you don't have to make it month after month after month. So some people that just play NFL be like, well, I could make it up to diamond or even black or something. And then in February, they're like, they're gold. They're nothing, right? They don't, no, they don't care about you. So you get to keep it for the entire year. though. I think it's fine. Saves me for having to open the app and tap my daily rewards every day. Uh Anthony Fiala, does Deadman at that ownership and projection have enough upside to win a GPP? Well, apparently, why not? You're thinking too much about players, Anthony. That shouldn't be, that should not be your question. That's a, that's a very poor question. You should be looking at a lineup. Does the lineup with that, does a specific lineup of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players have enough upside and projection to win a GPP. So you're telling me that no Deadman lineup could possibly win a GPP. Well, that would be wrong. It's about lineups, not players. So you shouldn't be thinking of, do I play Deadman? Does he have enough upside at that orange? No. Just be thinking of, are there lineups that I can play that don't have Deadman that have better upside at their ownerships? Okay, then that's fine. And play those lineups that don't have dead in it. There's also going to be plenty of lineups that have dead in it. It's not about the individual players. It's about the lineup. You're playing lineups in DFS. You should never be thinking, never, and I'm saying the word never, never at all thinking about individual player outcomes. I never do. I take out players, I go, is there a way to pull the single entry lineup that uh, has enough projection that doesn't have Butler in it yesterday. Well, it's hard. There aren't many of them. There's still some. 
So it's not a matter of do I fade Butler or do I not fade Butler? That's not the question you should be asking. Should I play a lineup with Butler in it or should I play a lineup without Butler? That should be the question. It it sounds similar, but it isn't. 95% of the field, your opponents, average players, think, think like, should I play this guy or not? Good players think of, should I play a lineup with that player in it or should I play a lineup without that player? And see what those lineups look like. We're going to put these two guys back in. We're going by fantasy points from yesterday. So, you know, the best possible lineup building with everyone in the player pool. Delete other builds. Is this 298.89. I take out Butler. Run it again. 291.62. So I'm going to be giving up like seven a little over seven points in projection are you willing to do that for 26 points of ownership maybe you are but maybe you're maybe this is the the limit like once i don't play butler like i can't really sacrifice much more but we saw that when we got rid of rubio we only sacrificed a little bit so you could start sacrificing that i don't have to play that guy i don't have to play this guy i can play that guy i can play this guy so it's not a matter of do you play Butler, do you play Deadman, right? We bring we bring uh, Butler back in, we take out Deadman. Okay, so now we're not playing Deadman. We have 298.89. We did this before. You're sacrificing say, about five points in projection, which depending on the context you're playing, perfectly fine. Now you're playing Chimizi Me Too, and you go, is there enough upside in Chimizi? I mean... Who cares? You're playing lineups. It's allowing you to, you're playing a $3,800 player to get all these players in. If B2 scores 24 points, you you could win a G, you still win a GPP. Depends on what the rest of your lineup scores. So let's say you don't play him either. How many points of projection are we going to lose now? Not much, right? You see the difference between not having me too? Like it's like a a 0.4. It's like that type of player. Screw them. Throw them out if you don't want them. The, the opportunity, the, the risk of not playing them doesn't, you don't, you're not sacrificing much projection from not playing them. So you take a look at, you have Jaden McDaniels. And I mean, like, it's just, you're, you're just looking at lineups. Depending on their projection and ownership, certain players will be more valuable to you or less valuable to you. But you're making a combination of eight players in a lineup. So you shouldn't be approaching a slate thinking of who do I play and who do I don't play. You should be approaching a slate saying, I could build 10,000 lineups. Which three do I play out of these 10,000? Who do they contain? What contest am I playing? What's the ranges of projection and ownership do I need to play depending on the contest? You could find 100, let's say you find 100 lineups that are playable. That you deem or then choose it could be a Deadman lineup, it could be a not Deadman lineup, it could be a Batty Mills lineup. I don't want to play Jaden McDaniels. Fine, then play one that isn't Jaden McDaniels. Is he someone that that if you took him out of the lineup, you'd give up too much projection? No. So that means you could play, you could play him, you could not play him, you could do whatever you want. That's how you should be approaching DFS. Not who's gonna do well or what should I play or what should I not play. What does it do to the lineup? 
Right. Eric Robertson says the ownership projection of a player doesn't determine if you should play them. What effect not having them in the lineup has on your overall lineup ownership projection should determine it or and vice versa. Right. Cause there are, there are many times, there are absolutely many times that I look at a player's projection in their ownership and go, they're overowned. It doesn't mean they're a bad player because they still are a high projected play. They're just, they're just overowned. But that doesn't mean, oh, I X them out. No. They're still a high projected player. So you could still make lineups with them. Just they're going to have to find your relative value, your, your leverage elsewhere. And sometimes you could find uh, lineups that have him in there. So you could find lineups that don't have him. He's like, well, if I don't play the overown guy, then these lineups are fine. These other lineups are fine. So saying someone is overowned doesn't mean you do not play them. Just means they're not as valuable to you. Depending on the, the size of the contest you're playing, you need to build in that, that relative value into your lineups. There, there are times on some slates where multiple players are overrun. You know, this guy's overrun, that guy's overrun, this guy like had the four, the four chalkiest guys are all overrun. This typically happens in a sport like baseball or football, maybe not in basketball as much. Then some people are like, oh, if they're overrun, I'm just going to X all them out. It's like, well, you can be sacrificing 12 points of projection for doing that. Why do you have to sacrifice 12 points of projection? You, you could fade two of them, two out of the four, and you're only sacrificing six points of projection. They're still high projected plays. So, but they're overowned. It's like, yeah, so don't play all four together. Well, which two should I play? Which, whichever two you want. Round robin that stuff, right? Two, to play these two, then these two. Set a group that says no more than two. Then build lineups from there. Well, which specific one? There's no specific ones. You're playing lineups. <sighs> Jacob Calloway says, yo, honestly, yo, 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 honestly, just by the damn course. Like, if you actually want to get better at DFS, you're not going to buy in better value. Right. Almost, 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 I think all of the stuff I say on a daily basis here on the DFS pregame show, five days a week, primarily, is all in the course. And it's like I didn't make up, I didn't make up these concepts. I'm just communicating them. I had to think like a professional DFS player. The theory of daily fantasy sports, it's a 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. And it's not just about NBA. It's about any sport. I mean, we don't, I don't even talk about specific sports in the entire course. Maybe give example from a sport. But you wonder why, oh, well, how come the best DFS players tend to be good in like all the sports? Yeah, this is why. These aren't, and there's no complicated math in here. So you're not going to have to go and, oh, I have to put in, you know, some, you know, to do some calculus or something. No. The way that I teach and the way that I play is I, I look to be as directionally correct as possible. I don't care that much about being precise. Now, if you want to learn a programming language, if you want to learn advanced statistical concepts and build out your own models and build out your own simulations and stuff like that, that's, that's not this course. But you can't do one without the other. You, you, can't, you, you can't build out models and, and, and sims without understanding the basic concepts, which are in this course. 
but you could take the basic concepts of probability and statistics. Expected value is not complicated, right? Normal distributions are not complicated, you know, like not percentiles are not complicated. We're not talking about very complicated mathematical subjects. Some people just maybe never learned that type of stuff in high school. I mean, it's high school math. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not complicated. Once you get the concepts, then you start thinking about playing DFS in a much different way. And you start looking at it going, oh, the, the players, they're just pieces of the game. They're just like chess pieces. Like this game has nothing to do with sports. So go, go pick it up. Theoryofdfs.com. Game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploit, psychology, bunch of miscellaneous stuff. Got a little visual reference guide, some little clippings that I you know, put in to show, you know, what these examples really mean. And you'll get better. It's the type of thing that you listen to once, you play for a month, then you listen to it again. And you play for a month. Then you listen to it again. And you can reference it anytime you want. And you, sh- and you should get better. And Michael Dompia says, I'm overestimating the focus and intelligence of the average American. No, 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 I'm not overestimating. I know most people are stupid. But I'm assuming the people watching this show are not stupid. Right? You're here for help. You're here for here to get better. You're not here for the picks and the plays and the locks. So yes, yeah, so I, I do not, I do not, uh, I do not overestimate. I know, I, I, I know how stupid people are. Right. That, that's why I don't like people because most of them are stupid. But I would assume that if you're watching this show, if you're giving me the thummy thumbs, right, give me those thummy thumbs on your way out the door. If you're subscribing to the channel. If you're hitting the notification bell to know when I go live. That you're smarter. You're smarter than the average person. You'd, you'd get something out of this course. So do all those things on your way out the door. I'll be back later today. All right? We got we got uh, Grinders Live, I believe. Crunch time. We got stuff. I, I'll be for the pre-lock show for the NFL the, the showdown. Who's playing tonight? I don't, I don't remember. I built I built a dummy lineup. I don't I don't even remember who's playing. Whoever's playing tonight, I'll have to look at. I'll look at it and see. And it'll be me. Me. I believe I believe Will Will Priester. On, uh, on on the show, 7, 7.30 Eastern. So feel free to, you know, hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. I'll be back later. And I'll be back tomorrow for Casual Friday. Answering your DFS strategy questions as always on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. 